everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there's Steve. Balls. Balls. Yeah, Steve's trying out new catchphrases. Uh, today we are back into not only the books, but the RPG stuff with Death in Space. Uh, new science fiction horror role-playing game from folks over at Free League in the Stockholm Cartel. Yes. Now, this is basically Mork Borg in space. That's the that's the the uh, the idea, I suppose. I but mean, I, it's go ahead. pretty much Mork Borg in space. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's got like the same like vague lore. Mm-hmm. It's different lore, but it's like the same thing. It's vague lore with hints of shit happening. I don't really go into what it is. You know, it's very simple mechanics and a fuck ton of tables. Mm-hmm. It's more Borg in space. <laughs> it's 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 vibe. It's very much vibe. You know, um, Mork Borg, of course, is a fantasy realm that's seeing the end of its lifetime, and here we are at the basically near the end of the universe. Um, they do do a couple of things differently. It's like they took the Mork Borg uh, engine. And, and tinkered with it a little bit instead of that weird two-step process to do uh, character attributes. Um, they they just went with a, a D4 minus D4 system. So you get a right. minus three to plus three. You get basically the same mm-hmm. spread without having to go 3D6, compare it to a table. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's still the same thing. I mean, you're still yeah rolling against a number and adding... Or subtracting whatever your mm-hmm. ability score is. Yeah, it's from. tweaks. It's tweaks. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it seems to me like Free League has two engines. They have the Mork Borg engine, which is this is basically, and then they have the uh, Year Zero engine, mm-hmm. which everything else runs <laughs> off of. Right. And speaking of which, I mean, Free League... They they are kind of killing it right now. Morkborg blew up like a motherfucker, um, and one that uh, we're going to be playing soon, uh, Alien, also got very high marks. Now that's the Year Zero engine, correct? That is the Year Zero engine. Okay, and so you have two two games that kinda have the same vibe going on. Uh, except one's a licensed property and the other is kind of like uh, vague open-endedness. Yeah. So it's weird because I'm usually not one to defend licensed properties. I don't care for them. But for some reason, maybe it's just because Alien has one good movie, Mm -hmm. another halfway decent movie, and the rest are just like piles of shit (laughs) that I like the world of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Because it almost it almost seems like it's like fucking Alien Three, uh, the fourth one, and the two reboot ones, whatever mm-hmm. prequels, are so bad, right? That they're almost like they don't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you see uh, what I'm saying? To be honest with you, I have not seen an Alien film past uh, Alien Three. Right, because Alien Three sucks so hard. Right, and Charles S. Dutton couldn't save that film. I know, and that was—I think that was the reason why I went to go see it. Tell you the yeah. truth, Baltimore's own Charles S. Dutton. Um. Right. So. I guess that's uh, I guess that's the appeal of any licensed game for you know whoever you know I like the universe except right, that the, with with the exception the thing, that with Alien you know you're not it's necessarily unformed. it's practically an unformed universe because the 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 actual product mm-hmm. is horrible well, like Star Wars, take Star Wars. So much ink has been spilled on Star Wars mm-hmm. that, like, it's it's like burnt out. 
as far as the setting goes, right? It's done. Right. Same thing mostly with Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are the two big properties I'm thinking of. Right, right. Yeah, that people like to game in. Um, you know, even like something like Stormbringer, you still have that like, you know, this is what happened and this is the world and it's so defined. But with Alien, it was so bad because nobody likes those other movies, but people really like Alien, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because because the movie Alien is a fantastic film. And, right. and you can't get around that. Mm-hmm. And- so it, it's an interesting thing to be and it's got tropes that are gameable. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Uh, you know, Haunted House in Space is basically very gameable. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. And and Alien is, instead of being a, a universe where, you know, you have you know, mythic or epic storytelling or whatever, because that's, when you talk about the tired uh, settings, you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, those... That's a completely different type of story from Alien, like you said, haunted house in space, um, and and so you're not really trying to necessarily like tell that kind of story if you're doing something like Alien or Death in Space or something like that so to bring it back around to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. You uh, you got you're, me worked up, man. You got me worked up. You're you're going for you're going for a vibe. You know what I mean? It's like. Right. Alien, alien is anything else going on off of that spaceship doesn't matter. It's that small location, uh, the shit that's happening to that small group of characters. It, it, it's almost it's it's almost like it is perfectly set up, you know, to to be something that a role playing game is because that's that's what you're trying to capture. You're trying to capture that feeling of. You're out in the middle of nowhere. It's claustrophobic. You know, the only thing between you and uh, certain death is the faith you put in engineers. (laughs) Right. Speaking of. But no, Alien has its own, like, I guess. um, Lore? Genre point. Yeah, like there's you know there's Wayland Utani, mm-hmm. right? And there's like it's it's got that corporations versus the common man kind of mentality right. to it. You know, the, the heroes like Ripley was basically a blue collar worker, mm-hmm. right? Right. Not um, a starship captain. She wasn't like uh, the savior of the universe, right? You know. Not the chosen, the chosen one, one. not the uh, she was, she, commander of the she, flagship of the Earth right. military she, space she, fleet. She's a blue-collar worker who just wanted to get her fucking job done and tell the yahoos who who are fucking off to do their jobs. And that's like the, if they had listened to her in the first place, none of it would have happened. Right. Right. Which is great. Right. She she is Ripley is the central protagonist um that is actually the old man on the side of the road saying, Don't go up to that house. <laughs> right. But you gotta we have quarantine rules. Right? Right. And that that's that was her thing. Uh if you don't do your work, you're not even gonna get the fucking half share that you signed up for. <laughs> All right. Sorry, enough now, about alien. Well death, death I in space. Mean, Bringing up, bringing up Ripley and, and the blue collarness of of uh, Alien, um, and a lot a lot of the, this comparison is coming to the fact that because we are very close to this game, and uh, we've been reading both books simultaneously. <laughs> right, I've read the Alien rules maybe like five times at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And there's been a like kind of a a slew of games right now that have that vibe to them. You have Alien, you have Mothership, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was very DIY. And now it's coming out with a you know a, a more complicated version of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Death in Space jumped on the bandwagon, 
right. as well. And they all have very, they all have that similar kind of, you know, it's, you're just a working stiff hmm. uh, in a hostile environment. Right. Right. And, right. and whether the hostile environment is because you have xenomorphs with acid blood mm. after you or uh, the universe is something outside of the universe is invading. Right. Right. But and that's not even but but the the mysterious, you know, uh all-encompassing void from outside the universe creeping into our universe isn't even really the main thing. That's just something that's going on in the background, and at at its heart, it's 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 Morkborg and Traveler had a baby <laughs> because you know the main thrust of the game is you put your crew together, you get yourself a base, and then you're just taking jobs to keep this base of yours running or this ship, whatever it happens to be and, and surviving it, it, it adds yeah, a lot of a, a, a decent chunk of the survival element into it. It does, but it definitely leans heavily into like the cosmic horror aspect of this, mm -hmm. you know, just like everything, even though the void is like this background noise, pun intended if you read the rules you understand what the fuck i'm talking about yep everything you know when something goes wrong uh you get void points mm -hmm. right when you know you could have void mutations they, there's the old joke with uh you know like 50s science fiction you just put space in front of it and all of a sudden it's science fiction right mm -hmm. or like or like batman the bat phone Right, or 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 if you know more, it, it updated to uh, more modern terms. If you put quantum in front of anything, right? Void is is the adjective of. Let's just call it. We'll call it uh, void sickness. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's a little like I don't know if they're doing that deliberately to kind of like play on that trope. I, I think that's I think that's a strong possibility. There's like like Merkborg, and yes, I'm going to say it every possible permutation if, that it comes up. Um, there is a certain kind of tongue in cheek element to this because it's so dark, you know, um, and it's 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 dark to the point of parody, and I think there's a lot of uh, tongue in cheekness, a lot of uh, little winks. To the players, you know, void, void points, void mutations, you know, void speakers, you know, all of this type of thing. Um, you know, little little nods to to various things here and there throughout the the you know in history of, of gaming. Um, I brought up Traveler. Uh, it definitely, you know, as I was reading through what they provided, it has some kind of uh, element of things like uh the warp in warhammer 40k you know how it's corrupting um and, and just little nods here and there but i think there is definitely kind of a a, a tongue and cheek cheek and a wink and nod uh in the writing especially when you start looking through the charts and there's always that those random ass things like your starting item could be a handful of metal ball bearings yeah, well that they Mark Borg did that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You could start out your your weapon was a bone and just some random femur you found at some point before the game started. <laughs> right. And 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 Mothership does that where you have like a trinket that you start off with, mm -hmm. like a patch. Um Alien does it too. Right, your you your just have like some item. random tchotchke thing, which is supposed to personalize your character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think I don't know if I like that. Um, just in general, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I don't mind it as a concept. Like, yeah, you should have something that personalizes your character, right? Beyond just your numbers, right? Right, but. If you have a table, 
even if it's a D100 table, that's only 100 items. Right, and there is a chance that... <laughs> so, it's is it really personal? No. And I'm sure, like, can you think of something on your own and use it? Yeah, I'm sure. Right, Nobody right. really cares beyond that. But just, like, to kind of have, like, it's almost like enforced recreation to me. Mm-hmm. But you will have a good time. <laughs> uh, and maybe... And maybe I'm being a little bit too critical, but it just seems to me like something like that, like you as a player can take the time to even look around and say, oh, yeah, I have a uh, I have a die. It's a six sided die set of six sided die carved from uh, the bone of some like weird animal from a planet I visited. Mm -hmm. My lucky my lucky dice. Right. Right? There you go. Right. There's your thing. Or, you know, okay, if it's like a patch, like like uh, Mothership has the patch thing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it's like a cartoon samurai with his uh, straw hat pulled down over his head, and he's got, like, oversized hands and feet. Right, aren't they, like, oh, mission, aren't go. those mission patches or something like that? So, yeah, so it kind of comes are... with a backstory that you have to fill in on your own. Yeah, some of them are. So there you go. I mean, it's not like that hard to come up with a Chotsky, right? Right. On on your own. That could be yours instead of mine from a random table on a book. Mm-hmm. Right. Although, I, I, my, I, well, go ahead. I guess my complaint here, it's not just that. It's like there are an awful lot of tables in this book. Right. And I don't mind random tables for inspiration, but it almost seems like everything is random table in this book. The last, um, I don't know, once you get past the, the, the book comes with a uh, introductory adventure called Welcome to the Ring that I did not read, for, just in case we play it. Um, yeah, I, I kind of glazed over it. It seemed more setting information because the ring is kind of an important bit. It's like the the built-in uh, location that you can go and get right. jobs and shit like that. Right, but I just don't, you know, if I if I play this game and I'm not running yet, I don't want to... Right, no, I got you. I don't, don't want to deal with that. So from page 94 mm-hmm. to page... Beyond, because there's also endnote pages, uh, 129, 10, 11, uh, 130, we'll say, are all random tables. Right. With right. maybe the occasional drawing. You have a, ra- a random ca- uh, table of locations in the Iron Ring, which is the setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have space encounter table. You have... Creature tables, which is actually pretty cool. That they, I don't know if a random table of creatures is necessarily cool, but actually having some creatures in here is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't think Mork Borg did that. Uh, there was, there's, there's creatures in Mork Borg. There's like, there was like four of them. <laughs> it right. Wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Right. Uh, so you, you know, and you have like modules for your for your uh, base your hub Mm -hmm. different types of spacecraft but they're all randomized tables and it's kind of like okay all right i get it it's randomized right well i mean there's a thank you 1982 right i think it's following a certain ethos in in games um of low prep you know that that there's a certain number of of systems out there that are that are trying to go for the um the pick up and play, you know, you might be going through your, you know, I spent two years planning this, you know, campaign for the world's number one fantasy role-playing game. Um, and I got a player missing, you know, so death in space, Merc Borg, even to an extent, uh, mothership, you know, it's something you, okay, well, you know, three of us showed up. Well, let's, do something a little bit different because we're all here anyway. The pizza's here, you know. You grab the book, throw throw a couple of dice, and you you got a night night's adventure. You know what I mean? Right. 
And 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 the no, I, the mechanic of death in space is so simple with the the target number of twelve or uh, you know d twenty plus uh, bonus slash penalty for stat against a twelve or you know in combat it's defense rating versus defense rating. Yeah, I, I don't mind having like that simplified combat, yeah, especially but, in, especially in like a D twenty situation, because mm-hmm. that stuff gets like out of hand. Right, right. When but you start adding the out of tactical elements to it, where it becomes more right. more suited for a board game or a miniatures game than uh, a role playing game. Right, and and something simple like that that really gives you more. Uh, ability to just kind of like wing it you know you can you can pick up death in space and uh in in a situation like that where you know you got a group of people they want to play something throw it together you can teach it really easily for somebody who's never played it before and and you can just go and and have some goofy uh adventures in space where you'll probably all die by the end of the session. Right. And and it is a very lethal setting. Uh starting out with eight hit points and you know you D sixes, D eights, D fours for for weapon damage, that can chew you up pretty quick. Right. And there's definitely also a lot of survival um I guess tracks that you have to keep keep track mm-hmm. of. Yeah, if you're doing um, like you know, EVAs and stuff like that. Oxygen and, and yeah, surprisingly not as much as Alien. Right. <laughs> right. It, it manages to add some some of that survival depth without getting too crunchy. Uh, yeah, but but like a game I, like actually, Five Torches Deep or something like that has a more of a focus on the survival aspect of dungeon crawling and at, yeah, that's I mean, the crunchiest part of that system i actually prefer the um the alien system of having a number and after a certain amount of time or use depending on what it is mm-hmm. uh you roll you roll dice against that number and all ones bring it down a notch right right I'd, I'd like that as opposed to this where you have like you have your oxygen tank has five charges basically mm-hmm. and they each last x x amount of time right and and time is time in role-playing games is always kind of arbitrary you know there's I have never seen a good uh, system for keeping track of time it always seems right. abstract. Yeah, it's it's always you know they always dedicate. Surprisingly, they didn't really in here beyond combat uh, dedicate. You know, these are the different time frames that you use. Mm-hmm. You know, right. in, in Alien, it's uh, you have stealth time, combat time, and one other time. Right, and and you know the, each turn is like it's a it's a shift. You know, like ten minutes or. 10 seconds right mm-hmm. those are your three things so and and that's about as, as crunchy as I, I would like it to be right and, and I and I don't I don't know if I've ever played a game where people really kept tra- that intensely track of time no no I, I don't think either even with certain uh, even with some games really having, uh, more of a focus on time, I guess. You know, uh, looking looking at a a certain uh, popular cosmic horror role playing game that likes to use uh, timetables for lots of things and and really long gaps of time for healing and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> and learning magic. And learning magic and and things like that. Okay. It takes you forty weeks to read the book, but by that time the world's gonna end. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's right. What are the other five people gonna do during these forty weeks while you're stuck in your hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
you know, there's only 52 weeks in a year. <laughs> yeah, I think some people hand wave a lot of that, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, but here it's like resource management. And that's like the most important thing about time. It's your oxygen and your um, your ammo. Right. Are the big thing. And and also like the way the condition of your gear because it does have gear right. condition. Yeah, and that that actually might be a deal breaker for me. Um, and I I know that it's the setting is supposed to be everything's broken mm -hmm. and everything's in constant need to fix it nothing is okay. new as the soundtrack likes to remind us <laughs> but that was the most annoying part about playing fallout or any of those bethesda games was conditions on your equipment mm -hmm. <laughs> having to maintain equipment yeah it's just it's it's too it's it's Keeping track of too much, and I get it. It's part of the part of the the what you're trying to accomplish. But I mean, after every combat, you have to roll to see if your equipment breaks down. Right, but it's it's one in six. It's, it's if you roll a d six, it's on a one. But, but it, so so but the chances not, are low that you're going to start like wearing your equipment. But it's out. not that that's that it can happen. It's that you have to remember to check for it every. Right. However, however, that, it doesn't seem like yeah, it's, it's game breaking annoying. if you do forget. You know what I mean? It seems like one of those one of those rules that you can like like keeping track of time, you can hand wave that and you know, maybe make that roll at dramatically appropriate times instead of oh, but it, but but then it becomes uh like DM fiat. Yeah. And you know, of course, your gun's gonna break at the at the shittiest time for it to break, and of course, the GM's gonna ask you to check to see if your gun breaks at the shittiest time, because that's what GMs do. Well, I do it, but I totally do it. But it's not a it's not a all or nothing sort of thing, you know. If if you're no, but if 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 I think it needs to be all, I think either you do it so it's consistent. Mm -hmm. Or you don't do it at all, because it, it, it it's there for a reason. It's there because that's what the 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 background, the context of the of the um, scenario or or the um, the world is right. Mm -hmm. That everything's broken down, so they want to simulate that. But if you're only doing it when you remember to do it, or you're only doing it. Uh, at dramatic moments, then you, that's not really what you're simulating. What you're simulating, because if if that was the case, then you you have a combat. You're good. You check your gun. It's broken. You'd have to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I take out my gun to shoot. I roll. Oh, it's broken. Now I'm fucked. Oh, like the like the critical miss in in Merkborg. Do you remember that yeah. mechanic? You you roll a you roll a one critical miss and then you you roll again uh on a small chart and you either lose your weapon or your weapon breaks. And when your weapon breaks yeah, but, or you lose it, you're fucked. <coughs> but I mean that's like a I don't know if that's like an actual D D thing, but it's become a D D thing. Mm. The, the the fumble. I don't know if that was in the original rules, but it got house rules so much that it's now you know everyone that's how everyone plays it it's like free parking and monopoly it's not right. an official role but everybody puts money in there mm -hmm. and when you land on it you grab that money right so i think that's how that got into the board to be honest right the unofficial rule right right which becomes official in a different system which is fine but this is different. This is like the whole world is breaking down. Mm -hmm. So you are supposed to be constantly on guard that your that your shit's gonna fall apart. So that when you need your shit, you don't find out then that it's gonna that it's you know not gonna work. Right. Right. You you know it when it happens. Mm -hmm. True. Um, true. And and it's also kind of the impetus to go out on. On adventures because you know money is worthless. 
So, you know, what you're really looking for is you're scrounging for the supplies to make those repairs uh, when yes. you need to make them. And that, yeah, so right. it all kind of ties into the big, bigger part of the story. I, and I see what you're saying that, you know, yeah, if you're going to have that mechanic, just just uh, remember to do it. And I think in it's not, it's, this system, that, that would be an easier thing to remember than with some some other more complicated systems. Right. It, it, that's true. There is a lot less to remember in this than in, in something else. Um, you know, like Call of Cthulhu, where you know you're, you're constantly you have like you know you have a sanity track, you have a hit point track, you have you know uh, magic points that you're all keeping track of, and I know they're all on your character sheet. Mm -hmm. But how many times have you lost five points of sanity and forgot to make the intelligence roll and just had them go insane? Um, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so much to keep track of. You're like, oh, right. You're supposed to see if you correlate the contents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, less rules means you are able to go and, and deal with these little fiddly things. Right. You can have a couple of more fiddly less things. Of them. Right. Because there's less of them. So, but, but to me, I don't know. I, Maybe it's just because I, I hated it so much in Fallout that mm -hmm. you're like playing the game and then you got to stop and like grab six rifles and combine them all into one. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember doing that in Fallout, but uh, was that was that in like four or something? Uh, it, no, Fallout Four was crafting was the right. pain in the ass mechanic. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, this was like in three in, in um, New Vegas. In New Vegas. Hmm. You it's had weapon a, condition. It's been a while since I did New Vegas. Um, yeah, well, next time you're on Xbox, um, whatever they call it. Right. I play Fallout 4 and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like the crappiest aspect of an otherwise flawless game. <laughs> Simulation. I mean, I I, I get it in um, playing playing uh, BattleTech. Um, you know, always having to repair and refit your shit. Yeah, it's just fiddly. Maybe you know, and and granted, it's probably a lot less fiddly in a tabletop RPG mm -hmm. because you're not you're not you know going through tables. And, you know, in screens to get places, you know, you're, you're okay. I'm just rolling a die to see what happens. Right. Right. It's true because that, that repair mechanic is pretty easy. It's uh, what is it? You're savvy or something like that. And a D 20 looking for 12. Boom. You do it. You yeah. repair it. You right. know, it's so, Maybe I'm just complaining. Right, because, because... Okay, now I'm starting to remember because, yeah, you did have the crafting thing and I remember you had to break down shit because you needed shit like screws and stuff like that. And it was... To, to do That's this... That's Fallout 4. Right. That's Fallout 4. That I remember. I, I remember doing that in yeah, Fallout 4. I 100%... 100% blame Minecraft. Because there was a time where there was a crafting mechanic in every fucking game you played. Mm -hmm. Every time you put, you popped up a video game, you had a crafting mechanic and it was like a big part of the game. And I hated every minute of it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was, that was a big it. thing. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Just make it. So you have weapons that are customizable. That's great. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's like, dude, Minecraft was that was the entire point of the game, you know. It was. Yes. It's in the fucking title. Right. You know, Fallout, Fallout Four was, not... was yeah, surviving and adventuring in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yes, and I get it. You probably yes, if it was reality, you probably would have to craft things. Yes. Yeah. Under understood. But that's not why you're playing that game. <laughs> 
Right. I don't want to actually be in a post-apocalyptic world. I just want to, like, you know, tool around in one for a while. Tool around in some uh, apps, Art Deco, Adam Punk, fucking Iron Man armor. <laughs> And shooting monsters. Caps, drink some Nuka Cola, decapitate a couple of fucking punks. Yep. Get your vat get your vats on. Yep. Now run away from some giant iguanas. Now here's another thing with, with Free League and in particular Stockholm Cartel. Um, and that is presentation. Presentation is a big thing in, in Morkborg. Uh, Death in Space, not much different here. Um, I believe the first thing you said to me when you cracked open this book was... If I can remember. This is fucking gorgeous. Oh. Well, it is pretty fucking gorgeous. It, it is. It is. The design is, is very neat. Uh, it's uh, generally two to three colors. You know, there's a... And they, splashes. Man, they managed to do it with only one font. Yep. Thankfully, that that is a definite plus over over Merkborg is that uh, yeah one simple font, easily easy to read. You can parse the information better, um, and it's that high Merkborg, contrast white on black. Merkborg had that 1980s punk zine aesthetic to mm-hmm. it. It, almost like a ransom letter, right? Right. When, <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> yeah, drop the money in blah 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 and like cut out from magazines, right? That uh, back in the days where where creative layout was done with like rub on transfer letters in different fonts, right? right. It's like, oh, I'm all out of Arial. Well, uh, I got this uh, old English Gothic shit. <laughs> Well, let's use it. <laughs> this is a little bit nicer in terms of that. And I think they they uh, used just one kind of style. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's kind this of... It's got a, a little bit more slick. This, now you're getting into, like, uh, Peter Murphy and, and Bauhaus, <laughs> <laughs> where it's still punky, right? Right. But it's a little bit more organized. Yeah, it definitely got that uh, that old terminal style uh, font, the serifs and stuff. Uh, and it's and I like more it. More organized, little, yeah, yeah, <laughs> much much easier to read. Lots of line drawings instead of like like uh, Morkboard had those like huge paintings and uh, public. Uh, public domain pieces mm-hmm. stuck in there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, the chapters themselves are color coded. I, I just realized that kind of flipping through the center splash page with the four character types. I really like that that piece of artwork and and the the ship designs that they show you on a couple of pages are really cool as well. Like uh, page twenty eight yeah. and twenty nine is another two page spread of a kind of a seventies eighties built out of whatever we could find kind of spaceship. Yeah, it's a Vogon ship. <laughs> it's it's basically what a Vogon um, destructor would look like, or constructor. Was it a Vogon constructor? Yeah. Yeah, the Vogon constructor fleet. I don't know. I think that's more of thirty two. I, <laughs> that big upright thing. I guess that was supposed to be a station, but still. Oh, Frontier Lander. It's got a caption on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the, the way the book looks. It's clean. It's easy to read. Um, you know, they don't spend a whole hell of a lot of time. Everything's nice and uh, and well, pretty well organized. You know, it doesn't really mention mechanics too often that you haven't read yet which is always a good thing yeah there's nothing like uh reading something and they start talking about concepts that aren't introduced until 20 pages later 
Right. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about your request. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, what what do you think? Would you give this a try? I would play it. I don't know if I'd want to run it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, mainly because um, I would probably want to run it with um, like monsters mm-hmm. and and as a um, you know as a horror. Not that it isn't horror. Mm-hmm. But it's a different more kind of horror. Like, it's more space fantasy horror than you know than what I would you know cosmic mm-hmm. horror ish. You know, right. you definitely can. You know, if you take the ring right, and say, okay, well, that's basically a dungeon. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what like this to me. What this lends itself to. It's like dungeon crawling in space. Yeah. Right. With fetch quests and, and all that kind of thing. Um, as opposed to, you know, like something a little bit more open uh, with, you know, monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And not, not like Cthulhu monsters, but you know what I'm saying? Like space mm-hmm. monsters. Right. Right. And that's not that's not this kind of science fiction. Right, mm-hmm. right, but I think it could lend itself to that as well. I I think it's just open enough uh, to do that. Me personally, I I could run it. I could play it. Um, I remember when we played Merkborg, um, we just we had a hell of a good time. I think we did because it was just goofy fun, and I think this is pretty much the same thing, just goofy fun. And I, I would probably do either one. I would probably run it or or play it. Yeah, some things like jump out at me that like, oh, I really want to run that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Traveler is that way for me. And Call of Cthulhu is that way for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, not so much this. But it's not something I wouldn't want to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I like D&D. Would I, do I like running D and D? Not particularly. No, I, I got you there. So it's you know it's, it's I guess it's just to each their own. Right. Well, I mean, I think everybody what, who who runs a game has a certain style of running games, and right. I mean, you you've seen we you and I, you know, we we tend to play all the same games but we tend to run different styles of games um yeah you know is the the stuff that i like to run uh is a lot different than stuff that you like to run yep but still we we end up having a we end up having a good time anyway yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just wanting to play a game right. instead of running. Exactly. There's no rule that says you have to be able to run a game to play it. Because that's, like, completely untrue. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being a forever GM. It really isn't. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people whine about that, but just, there's nothing wrong with it. Just, just roll with it. Just roll with it. Because you are playing. You're playing millions of characters. <laughs> No, you certainly are playing. I mean, I guess like a lot of the mystery is is taken out, but I mean, there's definitely different rewards mm-hmm. or unpredictability, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, players never do what you want them to do or what you think they're going to do. It's, it's true. It's true. So I mean, so there's your that's your game right there is like trying to deal with that. Yep. Yep. No plan ever survives contact with the enemy, and the better the player's plan is, the harder it's going to be to for it not to survive contact with the enemy when yeah, you're the, when you're the enemy. Yeah. Sometimes you have to blow up a radio station. <laughs> we have met the enemy. <laughs> he is us. All right. So, recommend? Don't recommend? Uh, like I said, I would like to play this game. Mm-hmm. I would want to run it. Um, but that's just me. Like I'd say, yeah, give it a shot. 
Yeah. Um, it's 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 gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the very least, at the very least, you you have a smart looking book to look at. Mm, very nice looking book. Um, I think it. I think it also can lend itself to being a toolkit you can add into other games, as well. You know, I know people love to do some mashups, borrowing shit from here and there. So, yeah, I mean, I would not. I would recommend getting it in a physical copy because it is a PDF that's on the higher end for a PDF. Yeah, I uh, supported the Kickstarter for mm-hmm. it. Yep. So I have a gorgeous cloth-bound book. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a nice uh, foil embossed hardcover, I think is the standard edition, which is pretty striking on its own. Yes. But, you know, it, it's the P- there's nothing wrong with the PDF. It's not like a weird, like, formatted PDF that doesn't work on your iPad or whatever. No, no. Because <laughs> those exist. Right. Right, but I think it's uh, I think cost wise, you're you're better off getting the hard copy. Yeah, and most of the time you're going to get the PDF with that anyway. Correct. All right, so yep, Steve says check it out. I say check it out. Uh, Steve wants to play it. I I'll play it. I'll run it. Um, yeah, this is something I'd really like to get to the table at some point. Uh, so there it is. You know the oh, the thing. I'm, all right, sorry. Uh, the thing about stuff like this is the setting mm. is so like DIY vague mm-hmm. that I kind of wish that they would make uh, official adventures mm-hmm. for these games. Like I know uh, Morkborg has a lot of um, third party yes. written adventures. Mm-hmm. And this has the same but, type of robust uh, third-party license as Mark Borg, by the right. way. Right. But I, I kind of wish that Freely or Stockholm Syndicate would actually go that next step and make, you know, published adventures for it. Mm-hmm. If only to kind of give you the idea of what to, you know, the kind of games that can be played with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get just, just Just as an example, like, I know it came with, like, this thing, but like you said, it's, like, kind of a setting starter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something a little bit more meaty that you can, like, uh, well, Alien, we'll just go back to Alien because it's on my mind. Right. Has three different official uh, licensed or, you know, official adventures right right that are that are put out by free league mm-hmm. uh, and i've read through one of them because we'll be playing it mm-hmm. and it's it's really good right? It, right it like helps you along with uh how to play the game you know just as a gm because you know there's different ways to to run things you know and and learning how to run a game it you know each game is is run differently and yes you're still going to narrate and everything but when to roll dice you know Mm -hmm. what you're trying to stress in terms of like you know atmosphere right so i just wish that these guys would do a little bit of that to kind of like make this kind of amorphous um setting they have a little bit more focused that's fair that's fair i mean me i I, you know i don't mind the diy and you know that might that might have to do with you know being a writer or something like that that, that's just the way my mind works but yeah i see exactly what you're saying because not everybody thinks like i do and some some people might need a little bit of a um Something beyond the tutorial mission, if 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 that makes sense to you. Yeah, just just some something that kind of gives you a feel for you know just like the I don't know the zeitgeist of the game. Right, right. No, I get you. And and like, also like, also you know you have when you have official uh, modules and stuff like that. A lot of times with smaller companies, it's the same people that wrote the book in the first place. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you get you get a little bit of the insight into really what they were going for when writing the book. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like that's if they my... released an official adventure that's tongue in cheek, kind of goofy, uh, you know, then you kind of realize, yeah, that's officially what this is going for is going for something kind of goofy. Or if it's like super dark and serious, well, then that's what they originally as well. Right. And it's not like you couldn't do both, or, you right. know, or either. Well, uh, but I'm, I'm like, if, hey, if you look at something like Traveler, okay, mm-hmm. we'll just look at, at like old Traveler because a lot of those old adventures were written by the people, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Miller, and, right, and the other people at, at Game Designer Workshop, right, where uh, you kind of got like that feel of what it was meant for. Not that that's the only use for it. Right. But like those old traveler adventures were very open ended, very skeletal, and you went in. Uh, it wasn't like this is room A, this is room B, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of gave you a feel of how to run traveler, so you maximize um, your enjoyment of it, and you could pick up um, you know, one of those adventures and run it, and it my run through would be 100% completely different from yours because that's how open it was. It wasn't like cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And, but, but at the same time, it kind of gave you, you know, uh, an outline of what to do, what points to hit. And and it was up to you how to, how to accomplish that. And I kind of wish that there was something like that uh, Mm -hmm. for this. Well, that's definitely uh, definitely something to throw out into the ether. Um, well, like Mothership has all these little pamphlet adventures for it, mm-hmm. right? They are they take up two sides of a piece of paper. You fold them, and they're you know designed to be like a night of gaming. Mm-hmm. And I think like you could do the same with this, but I wish there were kind of official ones so you kind of have a jumping off point. Right, right. Instead of relying on the the player base, the community right. to 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 do it. Right. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Death in space. Uh, you can actually grab it at deathinspace.com. You can check that out. They also have a really groovy uh, retro character space. generator. <laughs> And uh, Sorry. links to the soundtrack, which is middling. There is a soundtrack, and you can get it on Apple Music. Right. <laughs> All right. If you there. like ELM. <laughs> and until next time. Balls. Don't say balls. <laughs>